Christmas. Who loves Christmas, though? I love Christmas. I've got to tell you, I grew up in Germany, so Christmas over there is pretty special. So it's probably this time of the year is one of the only times where I really miss Germany, and it is because of Christmas. And see if I can take you there. So in Germany, when I grew up, and this may just be in my town, but we lived in a little village called Herfen, and I'd get home, and, and here's the thing. So at Christmas time, around in winter, the lights go out, like the sun goes down around 4.30, 4 o'clock, 4.30, so it's already, it's already dark. So as you're walking home, there is snow in the streets. Not every year, this year there is right now, but just picture this. So there's snow in the streets, and in, in my village anyway, people actually put Christmas lights. Now, not, I don't know, don't, don't get me wrong, not like the tacky, colorful ones, but beautiful white lights. They put them out in the streets, and as you walk through that street, it's just got an atmosphere of, of just, I don't know, it's, it's beautiful. You can't, I can't even put a word to it, but it's, it's really lovely, and it makes me... It's magical. But it makes me miss Germany. It makes me miss Christmas. The other thing that Germany has is Christmas markets. Who's ever been to a Christmas market in Germany? They are pretty awesome. Probably my favorite thing at the Christmas markets is this. Check it out. It's a sausage that is a meter long. It's awesome. So it's this sausage. You get this little piece of bread that's about this big, and then you got 40 centimeters of sausage that side and 40 centimeters of sausage that side, and you're walking around. The first time that I saw that, I go to Marina, I was like, that's the thing that I want to eat. I love it. They got glue wine. Oh, they, they, and here's one more thing. I love this. So Germany, on the, we celebrate Christmas on the 24th, and... In Germany, there's this thing called it's state churches. So every little village has its own church. And where I came from anyway, everyone, whether you're a Christian or not, on the 24th, you'd go to church. There was a, just a Christmas church service. So the whole village would go. Now, the cool thing is you'd take this, um, like this lantern, okay, a real, real lantern with, uh, with the real candle in there. You'd take that to church. And then you'd light that candle with the candle from the church, and you'd bring the candle back home into your home. And back then, I don't know if they still do it now, but we'd have real lights on our Christmas trees. And you'd use the candle that was lit in the church, and you light the candles on your Christmas tree, and it signifies Christ coming into your home. That's pretty nice, isn't it? It's really nice. It's just this beautiful thing. And then we came to Australia, and we've got backyard cricket. <laughs> And it's hot, and I'm sweating. <laughs> we, we do have prawns. I've, I've, I like prawns. It's very hard to get prawns in Germany, so that's a nice thing about Christmas in Australia. We have Christmas decorations where houses just light up with crazy ADD lights just going off everywhere. They're pretty cool. Who likes the lights? They're good. They're all nice things. But here's what I realized when preparing for this. A key scripture that I want to focus on tonight is that these nice things, and even though they, for some of them, actually remind us of what Christmas is about, but then there's so many other things, and these cultural things, we can't find any of them in that original Christmas story. Let's have a quick read here. So it's in Luke 2, 10 and 11, it says this, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid, 
I bring you the good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Now, if, if I read that right, the angel didn't say to the shepherds, hey, pick a Christmas tree, a, a pine tree about yay big, cut it down, take it to the stable and put some lights on it. Did anyone see that? No Christmas tree? I love Christmas trees. Don't get me wrong. I love it. I love all that stuff. Also, I didn't see in here, do you guys know what glue wine is? It's this mold wine that they sell at the Christmas markets. You've got to go sometime in Europe. It's the most beautiful thing. But I don't know where they got it from because the angel did not pass down a secret recipe and say, this is the wine that you shall drink from here on forth. I didn't see that there. And I've got one more that kind of stumped me. You guys know Die Hard, the movie? Bruce Willis, greatest Christmas movie of all time. But again, the verdict is still out because the angel didn't say that it's a Christmas movie. See, we associate all these things with Christmas. It's actually us. But if you read the message, it's about good news that tonight or today it says in here, a Savior has been born, the Messiah, the Lord. So I just want to spend a moment kind of going through, okay, what does that actually mean? Well, I think by the, by the time we're done here tonight, you'll know what the good news actually means and what the angel was talking about. But I think, and again, I've got to be really clear here, I love the cultural stuff around Christmas. Don't get me wrong. I love it. I love it. I'll get into it. But here's what happens when when we just focus on those things, when we spend so much time stressing, putting up the tree, getting our decorations out, doing baking, we do that a lot in Germany as well, we kind of lose the focus of Christmas. And we lose, this is what tonight's going to be about, the power of Christmas. There's actually, man, something powerful went down that night. And it was this. It was the announcement of the greatest gift that God ever gave us. His name's Jesus. The Savior, the Messiah, the Lord. That's what the angel called Jesus. The Lord. So I just want us to get perspective here, what actually happened down. This is where, and then we'll kind of unwrap what this means for us. But we've got to get our head around who Jesus actually was. If, if the angel announced that he's Lord, what Lord means is that he has total supremacy. That's, that's Lord. If you look up the word Lord, that's what it means, total supremacy. So we've got to get your heads around this. So Jesus in heaven, total supremacy over all the angels, over all the things in the spiritual realm, in the, in the, in the realm there. And he's like, okay, I'm going to give all that up and I'm going to come and become a baby. That's powerful. The other thing that the angels call Jesus is a savior. And this is awesome because Jesus actually came. He, he gave away his supremacy of heaven and he came here because he knew that we were actually in danger, danger from sin because there is another guy that's kind of got reign here on earth. His name's the devil. It's Satan. And, um, and he knew that, hey, these guys actually need saving from this guy. So that's, that's the other part he plays. He saves us from that. 
And the way that he did it is that because of sin, Adam and Eve, you may know the story in the Old Testament, we were actually separated from God. And what I'm going to talk about tonight is his way of us actually reconciling us with God again so we're not in danger anymore. And then the last thing, the angel also called him Messiah. And another translation uses Christ. And what that means is that he consecrated himself, Jesus, supreme Lord, the Savior. He consecrated himself because he actually wanted to witness to us here on earth. And that's what I want to focus on here tonight. And as Pastor Josh said earlier on, if you don't know Jesus, I'm going to give you a chance later on where you can invite him into your heart and you can take full advantage of the power that we're going to discover here what happened at Christmas. Is that cool? Okay. I want to look just at a couple of things because... Christmas or our faith, is it, just, it didn't just stop there in one night. It didn't just stop in Bethlehem, great, a baby's born, we sing happy songs. Jesus did a whole heap of things. And, and if I was to go through the Bible, I've been kind of on a journey of this, and uh, we wouldn't have enough time here tonight to go through all of them. But he did some really powerful things. And the first thing that he did is he came here on earth. So when he did that, he became poor that we might become rich. That's one of the first things that, um, that I found out. I was like, okay, so it's not just Jesus that came in a major. He actually, as I said that earlier on, he gave up everything. He became poor so that we might become rich. And it says it here in 2 Corinthians 8 verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. That's really cool. He became poor so that we might become rich. Now, the context of this scripture is actually Paul talking to the Corinthian church. And I, I don't, I'm not quite sure what they were doing with their money at the time, uh, whether they were spending it on themselves or, or just kind of holding on to it. But what he's saying to these guys is, hey, Jesus did this for us. If we're going to be Christ-like, we should do the same to others. That's, that's the, the spirit of Christmas, to actually be generous. Jesus did it for us right there at Christmas time. It's actually up to us to now model Jesus in that, to be Christ-like in that as well. And I love what we do here at C3 Powerhouse. We sent out into, into the community, I don't know if you know this, but probably close to 20 grand worth of food, and things like that for people that are in need. That's what this scripture is all about. God's already blessed us. He's now calling us at this time of the year, at Christmas, hey, Jesus did this. He became poor so that you could be rich. Now, I want you to use that blessing and bless others as well. That's what Christmas is about. Jesus became poor so that we could become rich, so that we can now show the same love to others as well. That's number one. Number two is this, he was beaten and broken so that by his stripes we could be healed. You probably don't have too many people talking about this at Christmas time, but as you'll find is all the way through, everything that happened in Bethlehem actually pointed to all these things that Jesus did for us. That's the power of Christmas. It says it here in Isaiah 53 verse 5, this is a prophecy about Jesus, but he was pierced for our transgressions, 
He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we were healed. Now, again, I want us to get the level here. Jesus knew this was going to happen. And he did it anyway. And you know why that is? It's because he loves us. He loves every single person. That he was, man, I pray this scripture in the mornings. And I break down. Because I get the picture. The Bible says that he was beaten beyond recognition. That's what he did for us. That's why he came into the world. That by his stripes we could be healed. Now here is the good news and what I want you to take away from this. That's an awesome picture, and you've got to get that revelation. Wow, that's powerful, what he did there. Beaten and broken. But don't leave it there as just a story. I want to encourage you. If you need a miracle here this time Christmas, the good news is that Jesus wants to heal you. That by his stripes, we are healed. I want you to declare that if you're going through something at Christmas time, or if you're going any time, Remember this, that by his stripes, we are healed. In your quiet time, if you're going through stuff, if you're, if you're seeing friends that, um, that are not, that just having whatever, health problems, declare it over them. By his stripes, we are healed. I'm going to believe that. That is the good news, what Jesus did. It wasn't just that he came into this world. The good news is all the things that he did along the way. This is powerful stuff. Now, this is really cool. Like, I don't know, when, sometimes I'm skeptical. It's like, oh, does God still heal? But then I came to this church, and we heard it this morning in a testimony. The doctors told Beck and Sam Rogers, she gave a testimony this morning, that she would never have kids naturally. They would never be able to conceive. They've now had three children naturally. How awesome is that? That's the scripture in action. And I know for a fact that Sam and Beck, they are people of faith. They declare this stuff. I have another story that here again, here at church, Dale Phillips' name, he's passed now, but this was before I came, but I was just filled with faith when I heard this story. He was on his deathbed facing cancer. The church prayed for him. Pastor John went there and prayed for him. He probably declared this very scripture because this is what our healing hinges on, what he did, not what the doctors can do, not what we can do in our own strength, but what Jesus did for us. And here's what happened. That man came back. He probably saw death, but turned the other way, and he was with us for another, what, 15, 20 years. That's powerful. That's the good news of Christmas. And Jesus still wants to do the same thing for you. So if you need healing, if you want a revelation about what it means that Jesus became poor so that you might be rich, later on we're going to have a time of just reflection to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us. Is that cool? Awesome, awesome. But there's, as I said, I could spend here hours just going through this. I'll just kind of rattle a few off. He was stripped that we might become clothed. He became sin so that we might become righteousness. He became weary that we may become rested. He was rejected that we might become accepted. Jesus fell distant from God so we could be close to God again. He became cursed so that we could be blessed. He became hungry that we might become fed. He became homeless that we might have a home in heaven. He was 
was bound that we might become free, and he became a servant that we might become saved. That is the good news of Christmas. It's not just that Jesus came on that one night in Bethlehem. It's what he did after that, and then he did it there again. The Apostle John, he talks about if he had to write down every miracle that Jesus did, there would not be enough books in the world to hold those books. That's what, that's what the good news is, and he wants to do it for us. And all of these things, that he became poor so we could be rich, that he was beaten and broken so that by his stripes we could be healed, all of that pointed to this. He gave his life so that we could have eternal life. That's the pinnacle. That's what he did for us. It says it in John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Eternal life. Jesus, the good news is he wants to do all those things for us, but the number one thing, what all this led to, is that he died for us on the cross. Bethlehem points to Calvary. It said it right there in the scripture. A savior is born. Bethlehem points to Calvary. He was born to die. That's the truth of it. That's, Christmas is joyful because of this. Because he knew the power of what he was going to do here on earth. That's the power of Christmas. This is the good news. Jesus came. He died. And then he rose again. That's the power of Christmas. Is this, is this kind of... I just wanted to get some perspective on this. Because if you, if you remember right at the start, we get so stressed out. We spend money on all these things, get ourselves into debt for the first quarter of 2014. We stress around and try and create a great Christmas vibe. And then the family gets together and it blows up anyway. <laughs> uh, that is Christmas. It's nice. But the power of Christmas is this, that Jesus came and that he did it for each one of you. You know, I get this picture even just right now. Riley, Jesus probably hung on that cross. And, um, and he was like, I'll gladly do it for you. And he thinks that about every single one of us here tonight. And if, if that's the first time you heard that, I want to give you a chance right now to connect with Jesus in a real and powerful way. That's the power of Christmas, inviting Jesus into your life. That's the first step. After that, he wants to help you overcome. If you've got debt, if you've got money problems, he wants to help you overcome that. If you feel like you're under a curse because of what you've done and your sins created this stuff in your life, he actually wants to take that all upon himself. That's one of the scriptures. He was cursed so you could be blessed. That's what this moment's about. Jesus wants to come into your heart, be your Lord, and then actually help you transform your life. So church, let's close our eyes for a moment. I just want to make room for this. If you've never invited Jesus into your life, I'm going to say a prayer in a moment, 
And I just want you to, if that's you and you want to say that prayer as well, I just want, to, want you to lift your hand. I'll see your hand, I'll acknowledge it, and then we'll, we'll say that prayer together, okay? So if this is your first time and you're like, man, I want to know this Jesus, I want to get a fresh revelation, a fresh understanding of the power of Christmas and all that he's done, I want to include you in this prayer. You may be here and you've, you may have even said this prayer once before, but life got busy, you stopped coming to church, you stopped praying, you stopped believing, but you're like, I want to come back tonight. If that's you, I want to include you in this prayer as well. And lastly, you might just be unsure. And you want Jesus to show you tonight that, yes, he did die for you. And you get full assurance of that tonight. So if that's you right now, I want you to raise your hand. I'm going to acknowledge it. And then we're going to say that prayer together. I see your hand over there. We're going to say that prayer together. Thank you so much. Powerful decision. Power of Christmas. Power of what Jesus did for you. He's going to come and meet you right there tonight. Is there anyone else that I can include in this prayer tonight? I'm not going to wait too long. Awesome. We're a good church. Let's say this prayer together. And you who lifted your hand, I want you to repeat after me, okay? Let's close our eyes and let's pray this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me and for my sin. I'm turning to you today. I renounce the devil and all his ways. Fill me with the Holy Spirit and the power of God. I thank you that I'm forgiven. I'm cleansed by Jesus' blood, and I'm going to heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, church. Hey, let's, let's give it a round of applause for that person. So good. This is where it all begins. A relationship with Jesus, getting a fresh understanding of what Christmas is actually about. Did that help a little bit tonight, church? Awesome. I just feel the Holy Spirit wanting to do a work.